If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. Today, I'm talking with fellow business coach, Claire Wood. Claire has recently developed a love for and a deeper understanding of all things money mindset transformation. She has spent a lot of time learning about the topic of money mindset recently and so we're chatting about it and what it means to have a great money mindset and what it can do for you and your business. We're going to be talking about having healthy money conversations with your spouse as well as your accountant and how your mindset can impact your pricing with things such as discounting and undercharging. I recently read a quote from money mentor and expert Marla Diane, how you do money is how you do everything. I love those words. They are so true in business and in life. So let's get Claire's perspective on the money transformation that can happen when you elevate your money mindset. So welcome to the podcast, Claire Wood. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Claire. Hey, Jen. Thanks so much for having me on here. Well, like you said, my name is Claire Wood. Um, I'm a business coach and a money mentor, and I help business owners to scale their business through money mindset and also money management, which I know is what you do a lot of. So um, I'm super excited to dive into it today and share a little bit more. Yeah, I'm really keen to have this conversation. Now, it's not something what we're going to talk about today being money transformations and money mindset. It's not something that I am really familiar with. I'm not overly familiar with all of this. Of course, I know it's all out there. Of course, I know it's an issue, but I'd love to be able to dig in with you and just get a feel for what it is that you can do, what you what your opinion is on some of this stuff, and just generally let the audience know what is a money transformation. Yeah, great question. So my background, I'm actually an accountant by trade. I um, did a Bachelor of Commerce major in accounting and I then went on and did postgrad qualifications um, and completed my CPA. And so for the first chunk of my career, I worked as an accountant. And when I moved into the, the space of business coaching, I was really focused in that space. And then one day I started to learn a little bit about money mindset. And at first it was really hard for me to wrap my accounting brain around because as you can imagine, it's quite different to the, the training that we have in the finance space. And essentially what money mindset is, is it's having a belief that something is possible. And essentially, because you believe that something is possible, you set around creating it. And so in the early days, I was quite skeptical, but I started to do a lot of this work myself and do a lot of this work with my clients. And the results are absolutely incredible. And hence the money transformations take place. You are so on onto it. Like I have the, the exact same accounting background. And when you're spending so much time learning the, um, when you're learning accounting and you've spent so many years 
doing it as well as doing all the study behind it, they don't speak about anything like money mindset or any of that. Like that is a completely separate field, isn't it? So our analytical minds as accountants, it's is it's hard to wrap it around, you know, the concept of money mindset. And I was a real doubter. Let's be clear. I didn't sort of first hear and think, yeah, full steam ahead with this. But over the years, time and time again, I now know that this work is the work. And this is really where the big, especially quantum leaps, like when you take big leaps in your income, it starts with what you are believing. So I've definitely become a big believer. Mm, yeah, I love I love the conversations that uh, that we can have. I mean, you're going to talk through some examples here, but the thing that I find when I have had conversations around money mindset with people before is that so much of it does play out in real life in my past life as an accountant and the conversations that I would have with our clients around things like even simple things like getting your tax work done keeping up to date with things like, you know, all the boring stuff that nobody really wants to do, your, your tax and your cash flows and things like that. There are a lot of people that just are so good at burying their head in the sand and and so on and so on. And you would have seen a lot of that over your time as well. And I guess it is all coming back to the that basis of their mindset around money. Oh, 100%. And look, lots of people are terrified of money. Lots of people get really awkward and uncomfortable when we talk about money. And you've hit the nail on the head, Jen. A lot of people just choose to put their head in the sand and just pretend it's not happening and hope that it will go away. (laughs) But money is a reality of life. And you know, for me, I talk a lot about money in my business. And the reason why I love money so much is because it has the power to change lives. And anyone who has ever struggled with money will know how much it sucks. I've been there. And I, I've i definitely um, had periods of my life where I've had, you know, so much disposable income that I've been able to do whatever I wanted. And yeah, I know which path I'd rather choose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And when you say money transformation, is that what are you what are you referring to there exactly? So money transformation being the way I felt about money pre as compared to how I feel about money post, is that kind of what it is that we're talking about when we talk money transformation? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, Jen. So a lot of the work that I do with my clients is showing them that anything is possible. And quite often, you know, when we're going through the process of, for example, setting their budgets and someone will look at their history and they'll say, okay, I've grown 5%, 5%, 5%. I want to grow 5% more. And I allow them to unlock a possibility that, hey, what if we doubled it this year? And you you can imagine the initial reaction. People like, That's not possible. And yeah. I say, well, what if it is? And that's kind of the foundation and, and people often want to know, you know, clients of mine last year doubled their sales. I had multiple clients that tripled their sh- sales from the prior year. And these are people that were already running six-figure businesses um, or multi-six-figure businesses. And it, it can be really hard to wrap your head around, but essentially it's having a different belief around what is possible. Because, you know, when we have the the framework, let's call it, you know, 
the be do have framework have being you want to have something you want to have lots of money in the bank account and so what often people go is often how people start the journey is that they do things they go okay I need to do Facebook ads I need to do Instagram more often without actually Mm -hmm. looking at the be like without actually looking at the person that they are which is have the person that believes that it's possible for them, the person that's in alignment with those kind of results. So let me give you maybe a non-business example. When uh, people go, I'm going to lose weight. And so someone who has always been a bit bigger starts going to the gym and they start eating healthy and they lose weight. They start to achieve their goal. But because they don't really identify as a slim person, they might lose the weight for a short period of time. And then what happens is they go back to old habits and they put all the weight back on. As compared to some people who literally transform their thinking and then start to identify, well, this is the new me now. Uh, like when I think about my mum, my mum, you know, has, has yo-yoed a bit over the years. And I remember that when she'd lose weight, she'd still keep her, her bigger wardrobe. And I'd be like, mum, why are you hanging to the, onto those clothes? Whereas like, when I would lose weight, I'd throw out all of my bigger clothes because I'm like, I'm never going back there again. And I guess Mm. that's what, when I talk about like money transformations, it's like, that's not a reality for me anymore. Yeah. It's actually really interesting that you say the be do have thing. Because now that you said that, I remember about 10 years ago, my husband and I, we've been in business for a long time together and we did this I can't even, I can't quite recall where it came from. We, I'm thinking it was through a business coach that we were, that we had engaged for a significant period of time, long time ago. And I remember doing the be, do you have, like listing that out, you know, who do you need to be, what do you need to do in order to have X? And that I guess is now these days called money mindset to a way, to a degree. Like it's, I guess back then money mindset wasn't really, was it a thing back then or not? I'm not really sure, but the bees you have, I remember that distinctly. That's a, a really great way for people to really pull it apart and think about the person that they need to be and the things they need to think and what they need to do before they get in and actually start changing things on the outside. Exactly, exactly. Another example of this might be like, with pricing. And I remember the very, very first client that I had, and I was so nervous thinking, is someone really going to pay me for this? And, <laughs> and then once you get to the point where you get multiple clients, it, it just becomes, well, of course, someone would pay me that kind of money to work with me because I can help them change their business. And so yeah. I never, when I'm talking to a client now, question if someone would ever pay me to work with me, because that's just, of course, I'm that person that I'm aligned to that, to that, the fact that I would earn income for working. So that's what I guess the shift is. And then when we are unlocking transformations, when we're unlocking big growth, we need to identify with someone who, yes, you know, a $50,000 month is possible. Yes, a half a million dollar or a million dollar business is possible for me. And the first time that it happens, sometimes it feels a bit like a a fluke and people, you know, freak out and go back into scarcity mindset. And then it just becomes a new normal. Yeah, that's where my business business sits now. 
Yeah, and it's the confidence that comes with that. So once you've experienced some level of success with that kind of growth, then the confidence is there. You stop questioning your ability, I guess, as well. Like um, a lot, I think people can question their ability and question their self-worth a lot as, as well, and that then can lead, I guess, to creating that position of scarcity that they, that they are coming from and creating those issues that can then just sort of spiral, can't they? Oh, you've hit the nail on the head. And actually, I did an episode of my podcast, um, the Claire Wood podcast, last week, and I interviewed this amazing guest. Her name's Ellie Swift. And we were chatting about the relationship between self-worth and wealth and, you know, and how, what, you know, if you believe that you're worthy of something, then you're more likely to achieve those kind of results. And that's why often we see people that have grown up in in wealthy families find it so much easier to create successful businesses because they're aligned to earning that level of income. They're aligned to a certain level of of they've grown up watching lifestyle, a hundred percent, and perhaps they have a bit less fear as well around around investing, around taking chances because they have an underlying belief that everything's going to work out okay. Mm, yeah. What about things like boundaries with money? So some people are really good with money. Some people are not so good with money. How does that kind of all come into play with our money mindset? Is that just another element of money mindset? Great question. So in terms of being great with money, there's different ways that we can perceive this, right? So when we talk about if someone's great with money, I used to believe when I first got started in business that for me to be great with money, I had to have a business with a really high profit, very low expenses, and to be very conservative, to not waste any money, and to tick along as um, as easily as I could without mm you know, investing too much in my business. My big Even things like not going into debt, you know, like mm. what is what is I guess that's a question that people can ask themselves. What does being great with money look like to them? What does it look like to you? If being great with money looks like X, then you know, is that a is that realistic? Is that going to take you to the places that you want to be? Is it it's that kind of conversation, isn't it? Oh, exactly. And Sometimes the way that we use money isn't serving us. So, for example, you might have heaps of money in savings, which some people could say, well, that's a great thing. You're great with money. Whereas someone else might look at that and say, well, you're inhibiting your long-term growth because you're not investing it. Think about it like the share market. Like if someone has a cash account and has, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in a cash account earning less than 1% interest, you know, maybe that's the right decision for for some people. I'm certainly not giving financial advice here, by the way. Mm. But other people might have the perception of, well, you could be getting a larger return if you were to spend some of that money investing it and getting, you know, a, a higher return. And I really had a big aha moment in my business when, you know, I'd grown this uh, comfortable coaching business. I had lots of clients and um, I wasn't spending barely a cent on my business. And then I was watching all of these other coaches leaping ahead, having these massive launches, scaling their businesses significantly. And I started to really question, well, 
what are they doing? Like, you know, I'm a great coach. Why am I not achieving those kind of results? So rather than fall into the victimhood around it, I started to really observe what they were doing. And I noticed that they were, you know, getting a beautiful new website and gorgeous branding, that they were investing in these really expensive business coaches and masterminds, that they were doing course after course and hiring SEO specialists and working with great accountants. And that's when I really had the aha that if I wanted to achieve incredible growth, that I couldn't keep operating in my scarcity mindset and that I'd have to lean in and invest in my business to start to achieve some big growth. Mm, Yeah, it's a great point that you need to, sometimes you do need to lean in and invest. It is important. And I think going back to that question, you know, what does good money management mean to you? And if it is skimping on as many expenses as you can possibly skimp on, then, you know, is that really serving you and serving your outcome, your ideal outcome? Exactly. And it's different for everyone, right? But I Mm. knew for me that I had big goals and that's what I do with my clients is I unlock people who are wanting to achieve, you know, massive things, (laughs) incredible growth, um, be able to create the lifestyle that they dream of. And that's why I believe that the money mindset work is so, so powerful. Mm. What are the other benefits of having a really good positive money mindset? So um, I guess the it allows you to make decisions from a place of inverted commas abundance. So if you want to make lifestyle choices as well as, you know, as well as business growth choices, you can confidently make them trusting that the money will continue to show up. So an example of this is that quite often when, you know, business owners are running these really successful businesses and they're like, I've just got to keep working harder and harder and harder and Mm. I've got to make hay while the sun is shining. Because they don't have that belief, well, the money's going to keep coming and I I trust that it's going to keep rolling in. They can't make decisions around taking a holiday. And quite often people, you know, I I worked with um, one client of mine, she hadn't had a holiday in 10 years yeah, that's just crazy talk to me. in 10 years. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I really um, supported her to say, hey, it's safe to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's safe to work less hours in your business. And that's definitely the point where I'm reaching in my business where I don't want to be working all the time anymore. I want to be able to have um, client contact downtime and be able to do strategic work and be able to take time with my kids. So, yeah, that's what another yeah, thing that important. your mindset allows you to do. Yeah, it's really important. And before we jumped on, we were talking about the fact that I take every January off. Now, January to me is just time of year that I just love doing things other than working. And I've always kind of felt that way. But take, being able to take that off isn't always as easy as it sounds. Now, even if you're doing well throughout the year, it is hard to say, no, I'm going to just like shut up shop for the month. And we can always, or even if it's not a month, even if it's just a couple of weeks or a week, whatever it is that you need to do to sort of re, uh, re, recalibrate yourself and give yourself a bit of a break, it is a hard thing. It's one thing to decide it and it's a completely different thing to then follow through with it and stay out of the emails and stay out of the social media and stay offline in order to actually give yourself that break. 
Yeah, 100%. And that's why mindset is so important. When you've got yeah. the right mindset around it, it you know, you're not going to fold, you're not going to uh, compromise on what it is that you desire. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I guess one of the other positives of having a great mindset around money is healthier conversations about money. Like I find that people who do have a good money mindset, now I'm, I don't know a lot about money mindset, but I've, had, I've spent a lot of years with people and talking about money and those that have the ability to have a true and frank conversation about the position that they're in, the position that their businesses are in, the position that their family is in financially, they having those healthy conversations, it allows them to move forward so much quicker, do you think? Yeah. Definitely. And I do think to your point that money is such a taboo topic and often people can really avoid it. (laughs) They find it really uncomfortable. Even talking to their accountant about it, they might be really vague. They glaze over. They just want to put their head in the sand and pretend it's not there. I've had people shrivel up in the corner and like physically go, um, you can see physically the discomfort that they are in because you're talking about the money, you know, and and as an accountant over the years, you have to learn how to make people feel comfortable and, you know, be okay and open up and talk about those those things in a non-threatening kind of environment. But it really does do things to different people depending on, you know, what it is you're talking about, that level of comfort is it's tough but you've got to get to that level of comfort before you can really open up and have the conversations with your spouse with your with their your family the conversations that that the kids then hear you have with your spouse is another sort of a a way to make sure that your kids end up growing up with a good mindset as well I guess yeah definitely definitely and clients having good conversations with your own clients about the dreaded pricing, you know, and discounting and that sort of thing is, have you got any advice for people on what it is that they can do today to get them around the the difficult conversation that somebody might have with a client who is asking for a discount, for example? Yeah. Well, again, this is why that money mindset work is so important because what you are believing is how you're going to show up and the energy that you're going to show up to these kind of conversations in. I actually did um, a great episode of my podcast around five mistakes that people make with pricing. And I might share them here if that's all right with you, Jen. Yeah, go for it. Um, But one of the mistakes that people make is that they ask potential clients what they think they would pay for something. And they go, I'm going to ask my market what's going on. And Mm. the problem with that is that, People aren't going to tell you, well, I'd pay this. You know, I'm, I'm sure if your hairdresser said, um, how much would you pay me to cut my hair? You might go, uh, 20 bucks. I don't know. You, know <laughs> you might not volunteer the amount that it, uh, it turns out that we are happy to pay. So, and then on the flip side of that, they also might, because they're not literally handing the cash over, they might give you a price that's too high. You know, maybe there is a price that's too high and it's beyond your comfort zone. And if they're not actually, you know, what at what level are they going to put their hand in their pocket and hand the money over? And it's not until they actually are going to do that that you really start to get the a real feel for what the market is going to A hundred percent. And the other thing too that I learned is that a, a lot of it isn't around 
what someone wants to pay. It's around how you have delivered the value around what that money could cost. And an example of this was that I chatted to a potential client several years ago um, about private coaching. In my private coaching package, you know, you get weekly coaching sessions, um, support between calls as well. And this client sort of armed and armed and armed and armed and, and decided that they, they weren't going to invest um, at that point in time. They said they didn't have the money. And I said, absolutely, totally understand. I then saw on Instagram, God bless social media, <laughs> that, <laughs> that they had joined a, a mastermind, which was 70% more expensive than private coaching with me. So not only had they come up with the amount of money that they said that they couldn't afford to pay me, but almost double it. And that was my first real aha when it came to pricing is that, yes, people aren't, you know, if, if they're not paying the price, it's because they're not seeing the value. Obviously, sometimes people literally don't have the money and, uh, you know, we never want people to, well, I never encourage people to invest money that they don't have. Um, mm. but a lot of the time it, it's simply that you just haven't sold the value that, that is sitting there. So yeah, that's it's another critical, mm-hmm. it's critical to be able to articulate the value. If you can articulate the value that you provide somebody in whatever it is you do, then you're three quarters of the way there. You really are. Yeah. And I think this is another big misconception in the small business space is that people sometimes think, oh, well, of course you can charge that price because you're a coach. And I'm like, hang on a second. This is in any service-based business. Um, There are hairdressers that are being paid hundreds of thousands and maybe even millions of dollars a year who are, you know, at the top of their, at the top of the game and respected as that kind of person in their industry. So it's really uh, in any industry, it's about, you know, how are you positioned in the market? Who is your dream client? And then, yeah, how much are they willing to pay? Yeah. Benefits versus features. No, great. So that's one of the sort of one of the big tips. That's a great uh, that's a great tip for people. What else do you have then around the pricing? You said you've got your five. Yeah, I'll have to try and remember what they all were. So the first. Oh, one you don't is- have to go through all five. <laughs> grab, the, grab, the, grab a couple that stick to your brain. <laughs> um, so one is definitely don't ask your target market. The second one yeah. is don't look at the market because you can look around and think, you know, no other accountant is charging this and no one will ever pay it, and that might not be a truth. Because maybe no one else is as good at your craft as you are. <laughs> maybe no yeah. one else um, has positioned themselves as a market leader. Maybe you serve a certain sector of the of the market that are happy to pay a premium price. And I definitely know in certain things that that I invest in, I certainly don't want the cheapest person who's doing something. Um, an example is, you know, if you need to get surgery done, um, you know, you don't want to go to uh, yeah. the, the the cheapest hand surgeon. My husband had to have um, surgery on his hand many years ago and I definitely wanted to go with the best surgeon because I didn't want him to lose function in his hand. So, yeah. You know, and again, it's it's all down to perception. It's all down to those dream clients. And again, sometimes your pricing will be dictated by the capacity of your of your market. Uh, you know, you could go and do your job working for 
for big global corporates, but maybe that's not something that lights you up. So there, there, you know, there may be a cap to what those dream clients of yours are willing to yeah. pay. Startup businesses that are that literally are strapped for cash. There's a there's potentially a, a cap on what it is that they might be able to spend for on a on a new website, for example, or something like that. So if that's you're the market that you're going after, then you need to price according to what's realistic and practical for that market as well. Exactly. But the, the underpinning message that I, I got across in that podcast episode was saying that all pricing is, is a value exchange. And it's a value exchange that feels good for both parties. So sometimes someone just won't be willing to pay a certain price and they'll just say, I, I'm sorry, that doesn't feel like a good fit to me. Other times, you know, both parties are saying, this is great. I'm happy to work for that amount. That client's happy to pay me that amount. So we've got a fit here. So when we kind of remove the emotion around it and start to just really consider as a as a value exchange and ultimately at the end of the day it just comes up to a value exchange that two people agree to and if they don't then either they can go somewhere else or you can lower your prices and and make it a price that they are willing to exchange the value at. Yeah I guess and then it's if you're going to lower your prices always say remove some of the value there as well you know never just go straight for a bang to a discount you know if you if you are offering something of value and you feel that you've articulated that value, but you really want that client for whatever reason and they just don't want to pay that kind of money, then take something away, Mm. I think, as well, just to justify that lower price and so that you're not seen to be that person that just bang discounts or whatever it might be. So, And I think the other thing too is when you're quoting for things, Claire, what I don't know what your personal opinion is here, but there are times where if somebody's quoting me for something and it comes in less than what I expected it to be, I'm going to judge that person, that business on that low price and go, well, hang on, maybe you're not quite as good as I thought you were. I expected more than that, you know, like not that I wanted to want to pay more, but I would, I might judge that person on the price that they're putting forward. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and that can work both ways, of course. Like sometimes yeah. someone will give you a price and you're like, that is absolutely ridiculous. There is no way that yeah. I'm paying that. But, conver- yeah, that's <laughs> but conversely, I, I, I've definitely had that experience where it's actually turned me off working with someone because yep. my perception is if they're only charging that much, maybe they're not very good at what they do. Mm. So having that mm. belief in yourself and charging appropriately will really position you as a market leader that will be able to build a thriving and successful business yeah love it well thanks so much for that Claire like I feel like we've covered quite a lot when it comes to sorting out somebody's money mindset if there if there was say let's say there was two or three different things that somebody listening could go away and do right now to help improve their money mindset and work on today, do you have a couple of different things that people can do, even if it's just a thought that they can change? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so a couple of things. I would invest into learning about it. And when I say invest, I don't even mean necessarily money, like just time. But yeah, um, go and listen to some epic podcasts about money mindset. Some of my favorite, obviously my podcast, the Claire Wood podcast, um, Manifestation Babe podcast, the James Wedmore podcast is another um, fantastic one. It's called Mind Your 
minding your business or something like that. Mind, um, mind your business. Mind yeah. your business. That's the one. Um, and, you know, immersing yourself in that knowledge and understanding. A couple of my favorite money mindset books are Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise Duffield Thomas and You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. So immerse yourself in in learning around it. Um, I've also invested in, oh my gosh, I've done multiple courses on money mindset. I continue to invest in them all the time over and like I would way more rather invest in a money mindset course than into learning a practical skill because for me, I know that this is how the quantum shifts happen. So investing into courses and into training to learn how to take that um, knowledge and understanding even further. And um, the other thing that I would say, you know, on the, the practical side of money is to develop a fantastic relationship with a great accountant or financial um you know, people in your team. And uh, again, that will help you with the comfort around talking about money, around looking at money, around being real around it. So if you don't have a fantastic accountant, um, I think we know one, don't we? <laughs> Make sure that you... there's, there's plenty. There is some really good accountants around. There is some amazing accountants out there. And I think I always say to people, if you're out there and you're looking for an accountant, it's really worthwhile not just taking the advice of somebody else, but going in and having a meeting, a face-to-face, sit belly to belly with the person, not just the person who owns the, the accounting practice, but the person that you would be working with on an ongoing basis and just get a feel. Your gut feel will tell you whether or not you can have a conversation with this person. If you feel in any way intimidated or like you can't ask the dumb questions, then you're with the wrong accountant. So that's kind of like a quick gut check when it comes to finding yourself an accountant that you can have these conversations with. And yeah, it will make a big difference. And Claire knows all about that. I know all about that, but it's just like, that's my little added tip there onto the accounting thing. A hundred percent. But yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be scared of numbers. Like money is, you know, sometimes it can get a bad rap and there's lots of stories that people have around money, around greed, but the, you know, turning a blind eye to it is not going to help. So I definitely think the more that you learn to love your money, your money will love you. Mm, that is great advice and a great way to end it on. Thank you so much, Claire. Thanks. Where can people find you? Like what, Give us your website and um, you've mentioned your podcast. Yes. So um, the Claire Wood podcast is my podcast. It's um, my name, Claire, is spelled C-L-A-R-E. My parents didn't put an I in it for some reason, even though this is an unusual spelling. So um, <laughs> come and check out my podcast. My website is just clairewood.com um, or come say hi on Insta. I'm pretty active on Instagram. So Claire underscore Wood underscore coach. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great having this conversation with you. And for anybody out there that's listening, I hope you've got something that you can walk away with. And if at the very least you just want to learn a little bit more, then I'll put some of those references to the couple of books that Claire mentioned and the couple of podcasts in the show notes as well. So you've got somewhere to just go and spend a little bit of time and have a bit of a look around and just get a feel for what is your money mindset right now and potentially what can you do to improve it? So thanks so much, Claire. I really have um, enjoyed you on the show and wherever you are in the world, we will talk again very soon. Thanks, Claire. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. 
If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.